Okay. Well, this is the microeconomics group project. Uh, today's topic will be on the multitude of effects that gentrification has on different ethnic groups. We are interested in finding out specific research on how gentrification is affecting African Americans in the West End and Vine City neighborhoods of Atlanta. We would like to expand our knowledge of gentrification and spread awareness to our peers in Atlanta University Center. My name is William Bohannon III, a sophomore accounting major from Marietta, Georgia. Uh, my name is Jonathan Zion Brown. I am a sophomore political science major from Bowie, Prince George's County, Maryland. And first off, we would like to say thank you to Dr. Williams for taking the time out of your day, also during reading period, to assist us with, your, with our podcast. You're welcome. All right, so we have first question since our topic is about gentrification. Uh, what is your perspective or your own definition of the term gentrification? So gentrification actually comes from the fact that neighborhoods that are generally occupied for people from, from, by people from lower income distributions, they tend to be targets for um, neighborhood revitalization projects, um, generally because those neighborhoods are less expensive to live in. And so um, from an investor standpoint, business investors, um, venture capitalists, they usually want to come in and um, buy up property so that they can, they can um, exploit rents or profits um, once the neighborhood becomes revitalized. And it's easier to do that in neighborhoods where the um, cost of living is already relatively low. Thank you. Um, the second question that we have following uh, the first one is why why and how does the overall gentrification process occur in communities heavily populated by minorities? So again, um, gentrification generally occurs in neighborhoods that are heavily populated by minorities because in general, um, African Americans generally hold less wealth um, than non-African American ethnic groups. And so because we hold generally less wealth, um, the neighborhoods where we live are generally old neighborhoods, um, where we can afford to live and also where the taxes are generally low. Um, and this is just a phenomenon based on the fact that over history, over time that we've always had a lower wealth distribution and income distribution, um, home ownership as it relates to, um, race is going to be um, much lower for um, African Americans, but again, you have this whole idea of white flight. If ever there is a case where African Americans do tend to populate an area, it won't be long before they are the only people populating the area because white people generally not necessarily want to live next to people that are their race, but they want to be in areas where people are the same income bracket um, or level of wealth as them. Um, and that's just Probably in most cases because, you know, when people aren't in your same level of wealth or aren't in your income bracket, sometimes you might view them as um, too different in a way that may threaten your standard of living or threaten your safety from your perspective or upbringing. Right. We can see that visually now through, like, just like the Western area. You can see the Western area compared to, like, the Buckhead area where it's predominantly white mm -hmm. and, like, are the same income bracket. So, yeah. I understand that answer. Yeah. Um, I actually agree with um with the Buckheads uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll have move on to the next question. Okay. Um, 
So what is what in the community attracts and activates the whole gentrification process? So again, what attracts the gentrification process is having a neighborhood where the um, physical capital in that neighborhood is not very costly for investors. So if um, if I'm an investor and I know, and 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 then also in some cases you have. Um, neighborhood and cities who lobby and they say oh we want to clean up this area and we'll do it at a discounted cost to investors because it, it it does more harm to have you know high crime rates in this area have high um oh god to have like an area like west end where it's a part of the city of atlanta and you can't really um you can't really attract funding for an area that looks like it shouldn't be in what we would call um, a thriving city. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, sometimes city managers, neighborhood community activists, they lobby to bring those types of investments to neighborhoods. um, And it's at a discounted cost because these places already um, are populated by people who um, have a lower income distribution. Now, um, on the West End, you you have seen some capital projects that have popped up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen quite a few um, condominiums placed in the area. Um, Chick-fil-A, who would never populate this area, is being forward-thinking. And um, they purchased some property over on Mar- Martin Luther King. Oh. Um, right here, oh. which is a premier spot. Have you not been over there? Mm. <laughs> it's a Chick-fil-A right off campus, over right in front of um, yeah, Walmart. Walmart. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> huge Chick Fil A, huge, huge. You know, I lived out here. And I never, I never saw Chick Fil A. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, otherwise, they would. I mean, but they're being forward thinking in terms of how the neighborhood is definitely being looked at as a large revitalization project. Um, what's kind of, what's kind of scary um, for the whole AUC Center though is that um, in some instances. Um, those entities that are that um don't capitalize on it can get pushed out. I'm not really scared for Morehouse, Spellman, and Clark per se because we do tend to own our property. But um, you have cases and historical instances where eminent domain has been enforced, where the city or the state comes in and says, we need this property, and so we're taking it. And this property that we actually own across the street, us in Spelman, mm-hmm. is empty and unoccupied. And investors are looking. They're looking to purchase Absolutely. it. And because we're in such a a position where our income needs are, are high, um, I don't think we'd sell it, but it could. It's more susceptible. It, 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 it's more susceptible, yeah. definitely. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the fourth question. Uh, the fourth question reads, is there any way to accurately predict which communities are likely to undergo the gentrification, gentrification process before it happens? I think any, any neighborhood where the income distribution is low is susceptible. Success, to it (laughs) um i think it's generally implemented where a group decides there will be more benefit from having that area look 
like what they need it to look like and where investing in it properly can bring some type of return. So like for Atlanta, a thriving city, having this part of the city as a thriving city is essentially an eyesore. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And so because of that, this part needs to be cleaned up. I mean, with all the people coming to Atlanta, we should be making much more. And I'm thinking from a city manager standpoint, the city should be making much more um, in terms of revenue, in terms of taxes in this area. But they can't make it um, if this is what it looks like. And so um, it, it, it really depends on generally a bureaucratic, small bureaucratic group who decides, okay, this is what we want and this is why we want it. And not only do we want it this way, but we want to be able to make some return from it. It's, at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. Do you think the um, the like the the um the new Falcon Stadium? Do you think it made it like increasingly worse for like the West End to be you know susceptible to gentrification? That's a part of the revitalization. Yeah. Um, um, that new stadium. Um, there have been new. That's not the only new stadium in Atlanta, but yeah. um, but it has made taxes in the area increase, which that alone drives out individuals who can't afford to pay the taxes on the home that they own. So once they build that new stadium, that drives up the value of the properties in the surrounding area. So if I have a home that's in the West End, then now I might be, my house might be in a tax bracket that I can no longer afford, even though my house may be paid off. Right, so that, yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a great example with the stadium. Um, me being from Maryland, uh, like 30 minutes away from Washington, D.C., um, mm-hmm. there was like a new arena built in um, southeast Washington, D.C. and um, Congress Heights. Um, you know, like Congress Heights is like majority African-American, but it's like recently like declining. Mm-hmm. But with the new arena, they, uh, the owner of Monument of Sports, uh, Ted Leonosis, he said like it's going to like revitalize the neighborhood, especially... Uh, St. Elizabeth's uh, Hospital area, and um, it's just all you see is like apartments and like around the new areas. Like they're gonna build like apartments that's, that's only gonna benefit Miami Sports. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as benefiting the city. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. so um, that's kind of like uh, like um, hopping into the next question. Mm-hmm. Um, is there like any way to undergo gentrification in a community that benefits like? both future and existing residents? Okay, so I watch reality TV. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a show called um, Love and Marriage Huntsville. It's, it comes on the... And I'm not doing a plug for this show, but <laughs> Love and Marriage Huntsville comes on the Overwintry Network every Saturday night, and they just like did a reunion show. Um, and with this show, they have a group of married couples and that group is called the comeback group and the intent of this group is to take people who are in real estate all all six of them are there's three couples and to work on building a new neighborhood in a way that is affordable for people that are african-american Now, the reason I brought that whole thing up is that's not necessarily revitalization. I guess it could be, Mm -hmm. depending on where they they locate these new homes. But what could happen, potentially, is people who can't afford to, that care about the people in those communities, 
They could revitalize these areas in a way that can provide subsidies, can provide grants, and help people to keep their home instead of forcing them out when they've paid it off and can no longer afford the taxes for that home. Or when they're almost done paying it off and then the taxes all of a sudden go up. You know what I mean? And so... If there were groups, small interest groups, that were forward thinking about that type of thing and cared about the people in the community as opposed to the bottom line, then I think that would be a helpful way. For both parties. For both parties, right? I mean, because you could effectively, for for, for one party who isn't, you know, it, it is an investor, the investor could first, you know, have a, non-profit organization now a non-for-profit doesn't mean you don't get paid it just means that uh, or the person who you know does a non-profit doesn't get paid it just right. means that the, the business doesn't make a profit but you still make a earnings by making sure you help the people who live in these neighborhoods for all intents and purposes they could somebody could a, a small interest group could essentially start a non-profit pay themselves out of the non-profit and help the people that live in the neighborhoods okay um, the sixth question is, is gentrification uh, detrimental to just only African-Americans or every race involved? Why or why not? Gentrification is detrimental to every race. Um, and as I mentioned, it, because it's not necessarily a race thing. Race comes into play because generally African-Americans have a lower level of income and a lower level of wealth historically in the United States. And so because of that, anybody who is a who has a lower level of income or lower level of wealth, regardless of race, and lives in those neighborhoods that need to be revitalized or gentrified, all of those people are susceptible to losing homes that they own and get a new tax level of housing taxes that they have to pay that they can't afford. It doesn't matter the race if you're part of that neighborhood. Do you know of any, like, situations, to your knowledge, where it more so primarily affected white Americans rather than African Americans? It doesn't generally happen that way because generally we have less wealth, less income. Okay. Uh, We're going to hop into the next question. If uh, gentrification is detrimental, is there, like, any way to stop or prevent gentrification in any city in the United States? I don't think there's a way to stop gentrification, but there's ways to maybe mitigate the effects. If investors weren't as worried about the bottom line and actually could probably think more about how we they can help the people who live in the neighborhood and not just kind of like run them off with no regard for them living there for years um, and, and thought a little bit more. And I think because gentrification has earned the notorious um reputation for being hard on on black americans i mm-hmm. i think and maybe i'm optimistic i think people are more cautious about that yeah. for example with this revitalization project in the west end you have had the investors to come into morehouse and say okay well what do you think how do you think we should execute this to some degree um now could it be more absolutely um, and again, you have to get people who care about the people to become a small interest group and make sure they invest in the people. And I think that would be helpful um, in, in, in making sure that people don't lose as much as they've been losing when we had these projects. Because there have been enough of them done to know that somebody ends up on the losing end really badly across the United States. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been some in Chicago. There's been some in I would I would imagine um, California. I mean, they've been done in lots of places. So we have enough data points to know that somebody ends up on the loose. So you can never truly like stop it, but you can like mitigate the effect. You can I mean, you can't stop it because people naturally want to make things better for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people care about the bottom line, and if I'm an investor, just like, just especially a real numbers. estate investor, mm-hmm. whether it be commercial, whether it be private, if I'm an investor, I care about the bottom line. I'm not buying this house because I want to keep it. All right. I'm buying this <laughs> house because I want to flip it. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do to make people not have that entrepreneurship mindset but what you can do is make people more aware so you can mitigate the unintended consequences okay um the 8th question is have you been affected have you been affected by gentrification in your life or do you know someone personally that has been affected by it so this is I'm gonna make this definition of gentrification broader right now um to tell you that I've been affected by it okay so um generally Gentrification is um, creating standards for the middle class within an existing community. But I think it can be creating standards for a middle class within a community that's close by, um, close by um, a lesser wealthier, a lesser wealthier community, a lesser wealthy community. And the reason I say that is because um, I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. You know, Tallahassee Payne, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> T-Pain, um, Florida a that's where I went for undergrad. Okay. Um, and in Tallahassee, we, I lived on the side of town where the income distribution was low. Most of the people were African American. There is a street that goes all around the city, kind of like how 285 loops. Atlanta. Yes. And this street is called Capital Circle. So, my neighborhood is on within within Capital Circle. Okay. And then they build a neighborhood right outside of Capital Circle, completely adjacent to the one that's inside mine that's inside. Mm-hmm. That one that was built outside of Capital Circle, adjacent, was a new community with middle class people in mind. So there was an argument, okay, well, we will, so there's an elementary school over near my community, mm-hmm. and they were in talks about building an elementary school over for the oh, middle no. class community. Mm-hmm. But as you know, zoning, school zoning mm-hmm. comes into play with neighborhood tax rates and all of that. So... They built a new school, and they promised that it would be for the people on the south side. Because this is the south side of town. But the people who live in that community, their children don't generally go to the school right across Capitol Circle. That was the promise, but that's not what happened. And so that school, that they built a new school. The old school was closed down. And for a while, this huge elementary school, and I, and I say huge, it wasn't huge. It was huge because I was a little girl. But this school that's too big to be a daycare was a daycare 
And so um, they shut the school down. There's one over in the middle class community, but the people who live close to it or close enough to it don't go there. They're bused to other schools, even though that was essentially the promise when it happened. And so I can say in that regard, I've been affected by gentrification, Mm -hmm. if you allow the definition to be a little bit broader. So when like bus to other schools, bus to schools that aren't state of the art and new. Other schools that match the demographic of the one that was near their home already. Oh. So, like majority white schools. No. So I lived in a majority black neighborhood. The demographic of the elementary school, majority black students. In fact, when I was in elementary school, I could say there was probably two white kids and I knew their names. Um, and then they take those children and they bust them to other black schools now. Not wow. the one that's close by, that's state of the art and new for the middle class students. They bust them to other schools. Okay. Well, that's, that was like opposite of what I thought of. I was... Kind of confused, but yeah, yeah. thank you for the clarification. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna hop into the next question. Um, is it worth if it's it worth staying in a neighborhood you're staying in if it's been affected by gentrification? It's worth staying in it if you can afford it, and that's mostly the issue after revitalization of gentrification. People can no longer afford it. I mean, people don't want to leave their homes, especially once they've paid all those years to not owe anybody that's why people buy homes people buy homes so that when they get old they don't have to worry about that bill because once you get old you're living on less income you go through retirement only what you put in is what you get out and it's not the income you was making when you was working that's right so you know people will want to stay but only if they can afford it okay that moves on to the very last question would you suggest a law to be created that could be, that could benefit the minorities living in the neighborhoods before it become uh, gentrified? I think it would be helpful to enact a law that at least in some way made investors prove that they consider the existing population. Because I don't think they always do. Um, but is it likely the groups that are involved in some of these projects are so high up? Um, I mean, you have whole cities where the projects that go through the cities are done at the federal level. And too many people take a, I would imagine, get a piece of the pie from those types of projects. So I I don't think it's likely, mm-hmm. um, but who am I? That's understandable. <laughs> well, that's all the questions that we have for today, and um, thank you for you know setting aside time to help us with our project. Thank you, you a lot, <laughs> a, thank lot. You a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, that was a twenty-three minute talk. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>